0: Epiphany Anglican Fellowship in Ligonier, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Learning with the Lion, a community read-through of the Gospel of Mark. Over the summer of 2023, members of the Ligonier community are coming together to walk through a 13-week exploration of Jesus' life, practicing reading the Bible together and asking what it means for everyday life. For more information, visit epiphanyligonier.org slash mark, where you can also sign up for our companion e-newsletter. One of the most important concepts in the Bible are the laws from the book of Leviticus that outline two categories of people, clean and unclean. Not only are these concepts important in the Bible, but they're very important and relevant to me. We are in the process of potty training a toddler right now. <laughs> and so this is relevant, clean and unclean. Very relevant to him and to me. How to clean off after using the toilet, how to wash hands, what to do if underpants get dirty, it's all of a piece. Back in the book of Leviticus, God was giving Israel rules for how to structure their society. And he would be their God and they would be his people. And as such, they lived different lives than the rest of the world around them. God is holy. Holy meaning set apart, different, special, and good. And so Israel would also have to live a life that was a holy society, set apart and different and special and good. To teach Israel how to be different and to give them everyday examples of how God was different, God gives Israel laws about ritual purity, clean and unclean laws. And their purpose was fundamentally to communicate God's perfection, by removing imperfections from public view, by removing people who have these imperfections from public life. There was nothing fundamentally sinful about becoming unclean. It was merely a social design to communicate the significance of their citizenship. To be clean was to be participating in the corporate life of God's people, and to be unclean was to be separate and to separate yourself from God's people until you could wash and become clean again. It was a way of symbolizing to the people that you couldn't just come to God uh, as if he was your best friend or your neighbor. We needed to come before God, because he was holy, in a holy and different way ourselves. Cleanliness laws and uncleanliness laws tended to target a few key areas of life, food and health and the environment. Many people know, for example, that certain foods were considered unclean, The modern world has a word for this. It's called kosher. Pigs are a famous example of a non-kosher food. Uh, The Bible says, do not eat flesh meat that comes from pigs. It's lesser well-known that certain bodily functions and fluids were also considered unclean. Childbirth and menstrual cycles rendered women unclean. Infections and diseases and ailments of the sexual organs rendered both men and women unclean. And so did the act of sex itself, and nocturnal emissions for men. Dead bodies were also considered to be unclean, and bodies infected with certain skin conditions and sicknesses were considered unclean. Even less well-known than this is the uncleanliness that comes from infestations of mold and mildew. If a house or an article of clothing become moldy or had mildew, or had bacteria growing on them visibly, any contact with that clothing or that house would render someone unclean. What happens if you became unclean? Normally it's not a big deal. Being unclean meant you renderedly quarantined yourself for a bit. Sometimes it could be as short as an afternoon and there were rules in place to wash up and become clean again. Sometimes it just meant scrubbing down and isolating until the next morning. Other times it meant taking off a week or so to isolate until a condition has run its course and then you'd return to polite society, or should we say holy society? Someone could still shepherd their herds and tend to their crops or run a household if they were unclean, but they had to be isolated until they could clean up again. Failure to isolate could mean spreading this unclean status to those who are nearby, or in the case of illness or mold infestation, spreading those ailments nearby as well. The truth is, if we look at the ordinary life of an Israelite, they would be regularly switching from clean and unclean states throughout their entire life. They would be regularly having marital relationships with one another, engaging with their menstrual cycles, getting sick and healing up and providing burial services for the dead. And so this pattern of removing oneself from God's people because of a ritual impurity and returning to it soon after was normal and it was understood. It's how things worked in that society. But one impact of the laws, however, was that certain people with certain conditions were rendered chronically unclean. They became permanent outsiders. And our reading this week shares about two people whose unfortunate circumstances rendered them chronically unclean. And understanding this dynamic of clean and unclean, it's gonna help us see the depths of Jesus's love and authority. The first person we run into in our reading this week is uh, the mentally ill, unnaturally strong demoniac that Jesus heals uh, in the region called the Gerasenes. The text tells us that this man, Uh, no longer goes in among the village but he sleeps among the tombs the tombs of the time were caves with heavy stones in front of them bodies were left in these caves to decompose before having their bones buried in the family graveyard bodies were laid out on shelves in the caves and they were laid out on long human-sized horizontal shelves and if you were a mentally unstable demon-possessed crazy person those long horizontal shells used for decomposing bodies would make fine beds. And so the uncleanliness of this man is presented to us and the fact that he sleeps among the corpses, he sleeps among the dead people, he sleeps among the unclean people. The second person in our reading that suffers from chronic uncleanness is this woman with a flow of menstrual blood. We don't know what causes her car- <clears throat> We don't know what causes her chronic bleeding, but we see the consequences of it. She's a social outcast who spent every last penny on doctor's care to no avail. And so she's desperate. She jostles among the crowd to get to Jesus, and in doing so, she would have contacted dozens and dozens of other people, unknowingly to them, rendering each of them unclean according to the Levitical law. She is obligating them to go through a ritual washing and isolation until the evening. But for more than a decade of social isolation, She bets the house on Jesus' healing and bets that she won't get caught. And well, she gets what she came for, doesn't she? As does the garrison demoniac. He, indeed, is freed from his demon possession and is able to not only return to his family and his friends, but to become a missionary for what God has done for him. In our reading this week, what we see is that Jesus, God incarnate, has come to fill in a gap in the law. He heals those who are permanently unclean, permanently outside the life of Israel, so that they can come to God again. And in the process, he shows his authority to reach beyond the constraints of the law and to give people what they need to rejoin God's people. This is a vision of the gospel. In the same way that Jesus creates the conditions for this demon-possessed man and this chronically ill woman to become clean and rejoin their people, so will Jesus give all of us that which is needed to be reconciled to God and to become his people once again. So when you read the Bible, keep an eye out for this social dichotomy of clean and unclean, especially when children are born, when lepers are healed, and when food is discussed. This Old Testament theme is a key for understanding how Jesus makes all of us permanently clean members of God's people. grace, Say grace Epiphany Anglican Fellowship in Ligonier, Pennsylvania.